Welcome to the Columbia Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited to share this weekend's message with you from Dr. Jim Baucom, our senior pastor. We hope it encourages you, inspires you, and helps you grow in your faith as a whole life disciple. Now, enjoy the message. So uh, it's great to see you, Columbia. And uh, I guess I got confused because I noticed I kept making little cameo appearances in the bumper. And I can't help it because that's my mediator superheroes coming through. My powers just just can't be held back. And that's what I want to teach you uh, during this time is that you are a mediator also and that nothing can stop the superpower of Christ within you if you understand full well exactly what the Holy Spirit hey, is hey, able to do with your life. Jim, Jim, hold up. Jim, hold up. Chris. Uh, Jim. Chris, I'm trying, I'm trying to teach you. I know, I know, I know, I know. But listen, we, we, uh, we got to talk. Okay. There's more superheroes out there, well, listen, more I, mediators I, I, than just you and me. I know this is true because I heard a rumor you are? that your son, <laughs> all Sunday last week after the sermon, he played mediator. He played mediator. Yeah, so so I, already, all day long. I already knew that. I already knew there was another <laughs> no, one. No, but there's another one who's been hiding in the shadows. What? Being quiet. What? He's sitting out there right now. His name's Butch King. Camera guys, can we can we get hey, Butch? What, 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 wait a minute. Let the man go ahead and begin the sermon oh, series. No, I, I think people want to know. Butch is a mediator. Pe- Pe- people want to hear the word of God proclaimed from Pastor Jim today. Not <laughs> Butch, something about Butch, get me up personally. Here. Butch, get up, come on get up, up here, Butch. Butch that's an order. That's an order. Get up here. <laughs> get up here. Butch, Butch is a mediator. I tell you what. He dresses all fancy, but underneath, I think there's more. All right, let's see. Let's Here, look, see. You and I are going to have a conversation this week, okay? <laughs> Come on, show him what's under there. Come on, Butch. Give me the mic. Give Come me the mic. On. Let's see. I'll hold your mic. Let's see. Let's see if it's true. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Turn so the camera can see. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Butch is Butch, a mediator. the mediator, uh, uh, okay. man. All right, all right, look. We got we to, gotta, if this is true, we got to teach him, okay? You all ready? Right. Strike Super the pose. So what do you want me to do? You, Show them how it's done. You know, like do what we do. Superhero something. Okay. You, 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 if you're right. a real mediator, you know what to do. Nice. Okay. Well done, all right. Well all right. That's nice. You know, you know, Butch, in fact, I already knew you were a mediator. And what I want people to know is that Butch, he doesn't stop here. He takes it the extra mile. Well, well so, he does go above and beyond. I, I know you're going to get mad at me because you're a private guy. You don't like people to know these kinds of things. But underneath those dress pants, he has on tights. <laughs> so he is ready to go at any moment. I mean, Butch goes the extra mile. Right, Butch? I go the extra mile. <laughs> goes the extra mile. Now, that's, no, so, no, that's what I want to talk to you about today is this extra mile superpower. Now, the last mile is a term that we use a lot in a lot of ways. And I'll use it at the beginning and end of this message, but I want to tell you, you're the last mile. Now, you've been uh, using last mile delivery services, I'll bet, quite a bit during this pandemic. Uh, So these are some of those, and you're familiar with others. And when we talk about the last mile, we're talking about the last portion of travel of a product from the producer to you or from the field to you or whatever. So if you're like me, you've used these last mile services quite a bit. In fact, uh, for the first little time, uh, you can go back to me now, for the first little bit of time in this pandemic, I didn't go to the grocery store or anywhere. In fact, uh, from the middle of February until last week, I didn't step into a supermarket or a store. Actually, the week before, when I was on vacation, I had to pick up some groceries. And then last week, I got to tell you something, it was a pretty momentous day. I actually went to Costco. I mean, 
I, I lived without Costco for basically three months, which is incredible. But the reason I didn't is because I knew that in this moment in Columbia's life and history, that we couldn't afford for me to be sick, that I needed to be well. So I was really super careful. I used all of these last mile services. Now, when we talk about last mile, all we know is the delivery person that actually comes to our door. In fact, we barely see them sometimes now. They leave it on the doorstep and we go out and pick it up, whether we're talking about FedEx or UPS or, or some kind of delivery service from a grocery store or something of the sort. We associate the entire service with that person who carries that product for the last mile. Now, a lot of people use these services even more than I. I have uh, talked to a number of younger people in our congregation who probably would be dead right now were it not for last mile services of food delivery like this. I mean, they've lived off this stuff and so they need the last mile, but they associate the service with whoever shows up. Now, of course, the ultimate last mile delivery and end-to-end delivery sometimes for years has been the good old U.S. Postal Service and even Amazon uses them quite a bit for last mile delivery. Now, the thing is, it doesn't matter what happens when a product is shipped, wherever it comes from, from Asia or from, from any part of the world or from the West Coast or wherever it comes to us, it really doesn't matter what happens unless the logistics include the last mile. It is the last mile that actually gets a thing to us. It's the last mile in some ways that matters most, I suppose, because that's the part that gets the product into our hands. Now, what I want to tell you is that you have a hidden superpower within. You as a mediator, and I'll review this in case you weren't with us last week, you have a hidden power within, and that power is the power to go the last mile. Now, let's talk about first our identity as mediators. I introduced this idea last week. What does it mean to be a mediator? And why do I say that that is like being some sort of a superhero? Well, I remember well when I was taught first about this scripture. And last week I shared with you 1 Peter 2 9 and, and 2 12 and the intervening scriptures too. I just want to read these two verses today. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, please take note that you are priests. And by mediator, I mean priest. That's what a priest is. A priest mediates the presence of God to human beings. A priest mediates the presence of God to circumstances and to places. And what the Bible teaches us is that there is no special class or ordinance of people called priest, even though some people in our nation and world seem to believe there are. We are all priests. Now, this amazing doctrine that was rediscovered from the New Testament and the practice of the early church in the time of the Protestant Reformation is what we properly call the priesthood of all believers. I want to call this the, the mediator doctrine, the capacity of every human being who puts their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and is filled with the Holy Spirit. 
to mediate the presence of God into other lives, to mediate it for other people, to mediate it into particular circumstances, to mediate the presence of God in the world, to go the last mile. In fact, I, I love the way the New Living Translation renders 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple, the place in which he dwells. What's more, or because of that, you are his holy priests. Last week, we also looked at Colossians 1, 27 through 29. To us, God has shown, he's chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the superpower, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Or Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, because you are filled with the fullness of the measure of God, you are a mediator You have this super powerful presence in the world. You are something of a superhero. You're called to be a particular type of servant of the kingdom, servant of God. You are called to mediate the presence of God. You mediate that presence in your workplace. You mediate that presence in your home. You mediate that presence in your neighborhood. You mediate that presence wherever you go. You mediate that presence even in the church. In fact, the church is nothing more than a group of people who have gathered together and agreed that they will mediate the presence of God for each other, that they will mediate the presence of God for a lost world, that they'll mediate the presence of God together. So as a holy priesthood, we recognize, first and foremost, we require no human mediator. Now let me teach you a part of that mediation. In Hebrews chapter 7, 23 through 28, which we looked at last week, we'll focus on a different piece this week. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because, listen carefully, he always lives to intercede for them. Or Romans chapter 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now picture that, if you will, that Christ is at the right hand of God and he is interceding for us. He's drawing us right into the presence of the Father. And someday when you and I leave this earthly domain, we will go to heaven to await the resurrection of the dead. And when we do, the only thing that will stand between us and God is Jesus. Thank God, because God sees the perfection of Jesus and not the imperfection of fallen human beings. In fact, we too will sit, the Bible teaches us, 
at the right hand of God. And that is because Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, has, is, and will always intercede for us. He'll close the gap. He'll be the last mile, if you will, between us and God. And that's the amazing thing. Jesus is the last mile for us. God was always there. He was always reaching out to us. Our creator always desired relationship with us. But we had fallen so far away, there was a gap. And in his death and resurrection, Jesus closed that gap. He became the last mile for us. He is the great intercessor. It's a great word, isn't it? Intercessor. It's one of the superpowers of mediation that Jesus models for us. In fact, if we look at the famous chapter of Romans 8, verses 26 through 27, we find these words. The Spirit also helps us in our weakness, the Holy Spirit. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts also knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, let's understand this carefully. Oswald Chambers, in his great little devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, my all-time favorite, he says that Jesus intercedes for us in heaven, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in the world. God's got It all covered. There is constantly in all circumstances and situations will be for all eternity only one intercessor, one mediator, one priest between us and God. That extra mile coverage, that closing of the gap that Jesus has done takes us into the immediate presence of God. Now, let me share a little Greek with you here because, of course, the New Testament is written in Greek. When the word intercessor is used in our English translations to speak of the work of Jesus or the work of the Holy Spirit, this is the word that's being used. It's a really important word. It's intichane, intichane. And this word, it sounds like intentional, doesn't it? Because it is very similar. means to fill in. Intentione, to fill in to close the gap, to mediate, to intercede. So Jesus intercedes for us in heaven. His cross and his empty tomb have made the last mile gap covered, have crossed that gap once and for all. We have this full and complete relationship with God. Now we're full of God, full of the presence of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit. And so as Jesus is in the world, so are we. So as a royal priesthood, we require no human mediator because Christ is our intercessor and we are mediators of Christ's presence in the world as a result. Remember I taught you last week. You are a mediator because God's love and power are immediate in you. Because of Christ's mediation, because of the Holy Spirit's mediation, because of Christ's intercession, the Holy Spirit's intercession. Because of that, God's presence is immediately accessible to us. Thus, we become his living temples. We become his mediators in the world. We are priests. 
Now I introduce you to six superhero powers, six mediator superpowers that every single follower of Jesus has but maybe doesn't know it yet. Healing, peace, hope, intercession, forgiveness, wisdom. I'll deal with all six of these as we move through this series, but today I want to deal with this superpower that you have. It is intercession, closing the gap, standing in the gap, or going, if you will, the last mile. That is, you as the coverer of the last mile, you as the delivery person of God's presence, you are the one, you are the presence that a person sees, whether they be believing or unbelieving. But in reality, you are representing God. You are the presence of God in their midst. I think often when we speak of intercession, we narrow the field an awful lot. Christians talk a lot about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer becomes for us just nothing more than praying for someone other than ourselves, especially someone who is in particular need. In fact, I think when most people think about intercessory prayer, they think about praying for persons who are sick or in some particular kind of need. And granted, that is intercession, but it's not all there is to intercession. Oswald Chambers, again, in my utmost for his highest, says it this way. True intercession involves bringing the person or the circumstance that seems to be crashing in on you before God until you are changed by his attitude toward the person or circumstance. People describe intercession by saying, it is putting yourself in someone else's place. That is not true, by which Chambers means that's not the whole truth. Intercession is also putting yourself in God's place. It is having his mind and his perspective. Let me help you understand then before we look at some scripture relative to intercession that when we intercede, it's not just a matter of standing before God in the presence of another. Now that's important. It is. We stand before God in the presence of a fellow believer who perhaps is feeling distance from God right now, who perhaps is in a weakened state, is in a difficult moment. And we stand before God on behalf of, instead of, unbelievers. I think it's one of the most important functions that we have. It is to pray not only for believers, but on behalf of unbelievers that God would draw them to himself and we might see them come to glorious salvation as we have. But it's not just that we stand before God in the presence of others. That's not all there is to intercession. There is another direction. It's bidirectional. We also stand before others in the presence of God. Think of this. God has actually given us the superpower of representing him in the world, of standing in his stead before others who cannot see him but see us. John dealt with this beautifully in his first letter. You remember he said, we, we can't see God and yet we can see one another. In this case, he was saying, if we don't love our brothers and sisters, we don't really love God. But He's also saying we see other people and in them we see God mediated in a particular way. The Bible says that you and I have this superpower that is called intercession. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 6, for example, we find these words. 
I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, believing and unbelieving, for kings, all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good. It pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And who are the witnesses? Who are the mediators? It is us. Now, granted, it's, it's not really we who are doing the mediating. It is Christ within us who is mediating Christ God's presence. But it is we in his stead that are doing the intercession. We are particularly called to close the gap, to walk the last mile, We are particularly called to stand in God's stead before others and in others' stead before God. Now, you might be curious to know, what is the Greek word that the New Testament uses to describe our intercession? It would seem to me that we couldn't possibly do exactly the same thing as Jesus does or as the Holy Spirit does. So perhaps there is another word to speak about this superpower we've been given, this function we've been given? No. In 1 Timothy and elsewhere, it is once again the same word, intentione, intentione, to close the gap, to fill in. That is to say, the same power of mediation, the same power of intercession that has been given to Jesus and given to the Holy Spirit by the Father, is now given to us. Now, this shouldn't surprise us. Who is within us but Christ, the glory of Christ? What is in us but the power of the Holy Spirit? So wherever we go, we take the crucified and risen Lord. Wherever we go, we take the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we become the living, moving, acting intercessors who are closing the gap, standing in the gap, between other people and God. It's not just that we pray for them. It is that we pray in the Spirit to close the gap between them and God. Now, here's the thing. I believe that you and I have not understood how powerful intercession really is. There are three things, it seems to me, that intercession must involve in order to be true intercession in the Spirit of God. The first of those is purpose. We have to literally envision it happening in our imaginations, in our minds. We have to see that we are closing the gap. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, Jesus said, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. And my question is, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that if you are in connection with the mind of Christ through the power of the Spirit and therefore know the will of God and you should pray for a thing, that it will come to pass? Prayer involves incredible faith if it is to be real intercession. Sometimes I have the privilege of praying with people in my profession. And in fact, one of my worries is that we professionalize praying for other people. 
If there's a problem, call the preacher. Let the preacher pray. No. We are all priests. On Monday nights right now, I am having the tremendous privilege of praying with six of my brothers. One of them is is Benjamin Bergen, who many of you know, who is in a time of physical need in his life. And his wonderful wife, Jen, knew that he needed support. And so she gathered five other men to come together virtually by Zoom every Monday evening at 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, I want to invite you to pray with us as we are interceding in that moment. And we come together to pray around this brother we love so much. We are praying for his healing. I'll talk about healing another week. We're praying for his well-being. We're praying for his peace. We're praying for his strength. We're praying in the Spirit because we love him. Now look, all five of us take really seriously this praying. We, we ask Ben to name the five things we can pray for that week, and each of us takes one and we pray. But there's one person on that call who I believe takes it a little more serious than the rest of us do. And many of you know Andre. It's my brother Andre Raymond. Andre has thought well in advance of this time of prayer. He's sat down and he's prayed in advance of it and he's written down his prayer. And that prayer always includes incredible words from Scripture because Andre knows the power of praying God's promises back to God, of praying God's word back to him. When he comes on to that call, he, he knows he's interceding. Sometimes he's at work and sometimes he's at home. He's always there. And when he comes into the room, he comes with a particular purpose. And I've come to appreciate it over these last six or so weeks. It makes a difference. It causes me also to envision that we are closing the gap between our brother Ben and our loving God. That we are interceding for him. The power of faith makes prayer not only real but effectual. There has to be a purpose to it. Is there real purpose to your intercession? For example, do you pray for your neighbors by name and by need? Do you pray for every family member, not just that God would love them and protect them, but by name, do you pray for their spirit, for their their soul, for their well-being, for their intimacy with God? Do you pray in your workplace for your coworkers, every last one of them? I'll bet we'd treat our coworkers a lot differently sometimes if we prayed for every last one of them. I wonder what would have happened in our local NFL franchise if executives were praying for rather than praying on co-workers. (laughs) When we pray for people, not only are they changed, but we are changed. There's purpose in our prayer. Let me give you a challenge on this front. How many times do you say to a brother and sister in Christ or perhaps to an unbeliever, I will pray for you? Why don't you stop doing that, stop right then and there, and pray right then and there for them? I discovered this a number of years ago as people would walk past me or call me and they'd ask me to pray for something. And instead of saying, I'll pray for you, or even say, I'll pray for you at a specific time, like six in the morning, as I often say, I will pray for you right now. Let's bow right now and let me close the gap. Let me intercede for you. There's a second thing that is really important in this, and that is partnership. You know, we've made a huge mistake in the late 19th and 20th century, and that mistake was to stop referring 
to priesthood in the Reformation sense of the word as the priesthood of all believers. We started talking about the priesthood of the believer as though each of us was our own priest. But Martin Luther and others talked about the priesthood of all believers. We are priests to each other and together we are priests to the world. Jesus said in Matthew 18 verses 19 through 20, again truly I tell you that if two or more of you agree on earth about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Are we praying in partnership? I'd like to challenge every single one of our ignition groups to keep a shared running list of things they're interceding about together every day, perhaps even at the same moment of the day. If the church of Jesus Christ would ever truly capture the superpower of intercession, we could literally change the destinies of human beings, nations, and the world. Now, of course, whenever we intercede, we're called to act together. That magnificent little woman of faith, Corey Tinboom, said it this way, we never know how God will answer our prayers but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. If we are true intercessors, then we must be ready to take part in God's work on behalf of the people for whom we pray. When we as a church pray about something, it is God's invitation for us to join him in what he is doing. So purpose and partnership And finally, power. We must seek the Spirit's will in things about which we intercede. In fact, we should be praying that God would teach us, would show us what we should intercede about. My wife Debbie has a habit of of praying that God would show her what to pray for. And and when God does, when, when she has received an answer to that prayer, she immediately intercedes. And once she intercedes, she'll text the persons for whom she's just been called to pray. Right then, right there, even in the middle of the night. There is power in the Spirit of God. I learned recently about a terrible situation being experienced by one of my neighbors that I never even knew about. And I I felt that two things were problematic about that. One is that I hadn't asked him enough to know. And the second was that I hadn't prayed for him enough to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me about this particular need. In John chapter 15, we hear these words. If you remain in me, Jesus says, and my uh, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. But listen to the caveat. If you remain in me and if my words remain in you, the power comes from staying in touch with the Holy Spirit. The power comes in mediation and intercession, through being in direct contact with the mediator, with the intercessor. The power comes from Christ and from the Holy Spirit. So Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Friends, I want you to stop thinking 
of intercession as something that we do, as a task that you're called to be about. I want you to stop thinking just about intercessory prayer and start thinking of yourself as an intercessor, a mediator, one who stands in the gap, one who fills in, one who closes the gap. Very frequently, God wants to use you to be the last mile. It it really doesn't matter what happens between God and you if that last mile between you and the other is not closed. Sometimes weakened believers see you, and in seeing you, they see Christ. And sometimes unbelievers see you, and in seeing you, they see Christ. Don't you recognize the power of intercession? Walter Wink has said it beautifully in this way, history belongs to the intercessors, those who believe and pray the future into being. This is the superpower we've been given. It is to pray the future into being. It is to change the course and destiny of people and places, of nations, of the world. We don't just do intercessory prayer. We are intercessors. That is our superpower in Christ and the Holy Spirit. We are the mediators. Would you pray with me? Father, first and foremost, I pray for any unbelieving person who is hearing my voice in this moment I pray that even I in this moment might be the mediator, the intercessor for them so that they would know how high and long and deep is your grace and your love. And I pray that we as a church in this moment would be the power of Christ in the presence of unbelievers in the midst of an unbelieving world. Father, if any person needs to come to you through Jesus Christ, who died for their forgiveness and rose for their recreation, I pray in this moment they might pray to accept you into their life, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to become mediators with us. And then I pray, Lord, that you would give us an outpouring, a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that especially in this trying moment, your church, your people, might be your mediators. Thank you for giving us the superpower of intercession. Give us the wisdom never to squander it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You go and ignite passion for Jesus Christ from Metro Washington to the world. You are a mediator. Have a blessed week. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Metro D.C. or Northern Virginia area, We would love to worship with you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about all the incredible things happening at Columbia, go to columbiabaptist.org. That's columbiabaptist.org.